This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Down 45 to go as Swindon Town rose from the ashes to record another, yes, another opening day victory against Gunthorpe United. Here to enjoy this episode of Low Strangers is Connor Garrett, who was there. Hello, Connor. Hi, Rich. How's it, how's it going? Oh, I'm very, very well. What a lovely 24 hours or so it's been. Yeah, I mean, pretty much 24 hours of me just being on trains, I would say. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a very, very long day. I mean, they, they couldn't have chosen... Well, they they could have chosen a slightly more difficult game to get to, but like it, it only by a slight margin. Like, uh, yeah, it Scunthorpe is a, a remote destination, and I could not be happy that I was there. What an amazing day! And I think if you compare the tone of my voice at the moment to the tone of my voice in the probably like sixty to seventy hours of coverage I did on this podcast last season, I think I think you'll sort of hear just how much I'm enjoying myself at the moment compared to what. <laughs> Either two has been my experience of the Low Strangers podcast. 
Yeah, all right. You had a good day. All right. And the rest of us <laughs> just had to follow it. Okay. Well, before we get going, an editorial note, because I'm sure everyone who's listening may have noticed that the summer was pretty bleak. And over the last three weeks, the club have been intensely rebuilding. This game, to me anyway, feels somewhat unique to the overall campaign that we're just about to uh, embark on. So given everything us Swindon Town fans have had to endure, we're going to just enjoy this game as kind of a singular event for the majority of this pod. And I don't think there's any shame in that, is there, Connor? No, uh, I mean, I think that, that, like you say, there's a lot of little things coming up into this game, little narratives and where you can look at it that um, kind of made it into a really real big special occasion that sort of stands aside from it being the opening game to a season, which is noteworthy enough anyway. I mean, <laughs> the fact that our fixture list this season is pretty much identical to the, the last season we're in League 2, just it gives loads of parallels to sort of um, to start with as well when you're trying to think of things, but yeah, I, I think because we had months and months of at a time of last season where we were just having to sort of talk about game after game and negative development after ne- negative development, I think we just need to drink in the success um, <laughs> that, that we witnessed on, on Saturday. Now, we share this aisle with our good friends, the Welsh and the Scots. England is not a big place. How on earth was your day a 20-hour football day in this country. <laughs> what is going on? Walk me through the uh, the day without getting into the nitty-gritty of the football. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where the, the start was so early that uh, I was com- like, I was really worried that I was just going to sleep through my alarm and, and not do it. Coupled with the fact that, like, you know, usually you go to sleep at sort of a regular time to be able to get, like, enough sleep to be sort of functional. I had to go to bed <laughs> much earlier and just lying there like I'm... You know, if I, if I don't, if I fall asleep now, I have six hours of sleep, five hours, whatever. But I was like so excited that I just kept like waking up throughout the night, just being like, I'm about to go to football. But it's very counterproductive. I woke up absolutely exhausted, which is not a great start. Um, and yeah, I think I was outside, out, out of my flat by about 10 to 6, on the train at half six. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, coming from Southampton, I, I guess it's probably similar. Um, to, to going from Swindon, but like it's four trains up, one into London, a tube, like a couple of tubes through London, then from up to Doncaster and across to, to Scunthorpe. So there's there's no direct way of doing it. And uh, when I was in London, I saw that there were sandwiches being served up on the supporters coaches. I really started to regret my, my choices of transport and uh, <laughs> continue to regret that on the way back when, you know, I'd got back to London after a long day and there was still about three hours left over. And I was just like, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? But yeah, eventually got in about half one, twenty to two. Um and I mean, if we hadn't have won, you could possibly say would it have been worth it? Uh, but I would do this twenty-two more times if it means three points in each of those games. Uh, for the rest of the season, and and to be fair, there's some away games where you're not going to need a 21 hour day or whatever it is. Um, you know, if I'm going to Stevenage uh, in a few weeks, that's not gonna not gonna be sort of quite as long um, to get to. But um, yeah, when 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 the football is like it is, I'll, you will go to the end of the earth for sort of something like that. I think. 
what if Stevenage away becomes a 21 hour endeavor you've had the worst day of your life regardless of the regardless <laughs> of the score haven't you okay um all right so pre-game what were the vibes I mean was what what was Scunthorpe like um was there proper naughtiness I think there was some attempted naughtiness on the behalf of uh, a group of Scunthorpe uh young chaps uh I mean yeah the, bizarrely I mean so a lot of uh, a lot of the fans were sort of gathered in in the pub outside the ground, uh, and there's quite a nice atmosphere in there. Everyone just sort of enjoying the sun and having a chat, uh, which seemed unlikely given like we woke up to like a thunderstorm in the morning kind of thing. But uh, yeah, like sort of as people started to make their way to the stadium, I think like a, a bunch of uh, Scumfort fans sort of, as, as far as I saw, like jumped out of bushes and started trying to cause some trouble. But uh, mm. yeah, it was it was it was a flash in the pan um, as, as far as I can see. Um, and you know, you know, after, after a while of sort of not seeing anything like that, it just it kind of looked funny. But I mean, it probably shouldn't make light of it because no. it could have been quite intimidating, um, like if it had gone wrong. But yeah, that was that was a, a weird <laughs> turn of events. Um, yeah, like, I, I think I was just sort of bemused by <laughs> by the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think it was just it was just such a positive positive atmosphere in in with everyone I spoke to and sort of pretty much everywhere going up to the game, everyone just seemed really excited. And I think there was some trepidation with Scumfort fans about the season that they might be embarking on. But I think, I think for us, it's built up so perfectly over the last week or so um, that we were really going to be onto a winner for most of this game, even if it just stayed goalless because there was a lot of excitement. Yeah. And for you, this was your first away day, with fans or sizable fans since the Plymouth Argyle on New Year's Day, um, lead to championship winning season, wasn't it? So what was it, what was it like for you to walk into Glamford Park and see just like-minded football fans around you? It was amazing. I mean, like you, it, it didn't feel like any difference to sort of what football was like pre COVID and everything like that, which, uh, was sort of the one thing I was kind of a little bit worried about is that it would like feel weird to be back, but it didn't at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, pretty much like I think I was saying before the game, I hope I sort of pick up where we left off. Obviously, my last away game was Plymouth Argyle. Everyone's last away game that they were able to attend, if they've attended all away games, was Northampton. Um, so if we were going to pick up from that kind of thing in terms of atmosphere and performance and just sort of levels and enjoyability, we were going to be onto a good thing. And I mean, I think... It was different to those kind of games, obviously. I mean, like Northampton, I think what when I watched it, that was like a bit of a pressure cooker kind of fixture and we came out on the right hand, right side of it. Um, Plymouth as well, to a certain extent, and it had sort of one of the iconic moments of, of Swindon's recent history, I think, um, in the Owen Dole winner. I think, I think this one was sort of um, more kind of just about sort of the, the spirit uh, of the players. Uh, obviously, a number of them sort of have been there throughout the summer, not getting paid and sort of not knowing what they really are sort of doing in terms of direction. Um, and a lot of them are just sort of, you know, young lads that have been brought in to sort of have their first pro league games and, um, you know, sort of offcuts from different teams um, as well in the division. And the spirit was fantastic. So that's that's what I left Glanford Park thinking was just like the the team spirit of this team. <laughs> I'm not in it, but the way that they celebrated and the way they celebrated with the fans, it it's it felt like a really special moment in terms of building this new Swindon town that we are hopefully going to be 
enjoying over the coming years. Yeah, let's let's big up those Swindon fans because they were eight fifty there this weekend. Last time we went there, were Jerry Yates and Keshi Anderson uh, downed them five hundred and twenty eight, so a big increase, and a lot of those people bought tickets irrelevant of what our starting lineup was going to be and that is that is an incredible effort all things considered isn't it yeah and, and I mean honestly the I think the thing that was the most impressive and I I'm I'm not saying this about myself I'm just saying this in terms of like the general collective <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm not not praising myself at all um like it was loud from the moment, uh, from before I was in, you could hear him sort of in the in the beer garden before I headed, headed <laughs> up, which was great. Um, but, you know, yeah, from the moment that sort of, you know, a, a big enough crowd congregated, it was loud. Um, it was, like, really supportive of the team. And I, I really think the, the best moment, in a weird way, was when we won, went one down and the support just ramped up. Like, everyone just got behind the team. And that, for me is like where we can make a difference as fans. Like 12th man stuff can be a bit cliched, right? But for me, like being able to just be like, look, let, let's just sort of get back into this. And we're, like, we're here to like try and see you guys through sort of any kind of rough patch is what what we're there for and what we've missed through COVID. And <laughs> God knows we weren't behind enough times last season when fans <laughs> weren't there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it was it was just brilliant, and that's what I hoped would happen. Um, in terms of sort of, you know, this is going to be a work in progress for a while. Um, but you know, they came, they overcame that sort of hurdle, and I'd like to think that that was partly to do with eight hundred and fifty people singing their hearts out, showing the team that you know we believed in them. Yeah, the fans did us proud yesterday. Hugely grateful for that. You know me, Con, I like to go into a nice linear order when it comes to the game. We'll start with the Swindon Town starting lineup in squad number order. So in goal, Jojo Wallacott and then LSI Andalo, Dion Conroy, Matthew Baldry, Ben Gladwin, Tyree Simpson, Jack Payne, Harry McCurdy, Kane Kessler, Rob Hunt and Anthony Grant. Considering the amount of new signings, it's a very familiar lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sticking with the players largely that have kind of seen us through this pre-season which was quite nice a couple of signings um mixed in there and I mean I think part of that is just due to the fact that we signed so many players late in the week that you can't mm. reasonably ask them to sort of come straight in and give us 90 minutes um but yeah I mean probably the big surprise in that was I low at centre mid which I don't think anyone any of us called when I saw the team it didn't look like a kind of a 4-2-3-1 which is kind of how it played out in the end, 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, depending on how you interpret it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, g- given sort of the the players that are still going to sort of kind of come back, I think that was kind of as strong as, as we could be going into this game. And the good thing is that the level of the performance means that once people are coming back, there are, there now are decisions to be made on, you know, do they come in immediately or do they have to sort of wait to sort of get their place in the team? Because, you know, to a man, they were all brilliant. Do you think Ellis Iandolo, given everything, we all have our favourite position for him. Do you reckon he's just going to be the most versatile player that we've got by the end of the season if he stays fit? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because, I mean, he did well um, on, on Saturday considering the new position. But due to the strength and depth we built up in midfield... I think we can all assume that he was doing a job there for one game and one game only. So it'll be interesting to see, do we get him 
up front at some point? Do we get him in goal? Because he's played centre back, he's played full back, he's played winger, played mm. attacking mid, he's played centre mid now. So we're very close <laughs> to where Lissandler completing the pack of uh, of sort of roles in in the system for us. So um, yeah, I'm, I think potentially he might just sort of be able to sort of fill in wherever we need him to with kind of left back being sort of generally where, where we are but it's it's going to be difficult to sort of displace people because you know as as, as much as Iandolo was very good um, I think he was quiet for parts of the game but sort of very solid never really looked sort of like a fish out of water which you know you might do if you're playing your first pro game at centre mid or whatever, whatever it is um, but then he's if he wants to play left back he's going to have to displace Rob Hunt who was you know, back to his dependable seven out of ten self in League Two, like we saw before. So it's going to be so interesting. I mean, it, the, the the good thing is it's a forty six game season plus you know hopefully cup runs and things like that. So everyone's going to get a chance. Talk me through that first half then, because as we know, you know, you know, outside of looking in, all the action happens in the second half. What what were the positive signs in the first half? Were there any negative? Talk me through it. Um, I think it was both teams kind of just feeling each other out in the first mm. half. There wasn't much that happened. I think there was a, an Iandolo shot from range. Um, there was a McCurdy shot. Um, so we, we kind of had probably the bigger chances in, in the first half until right on halftime when Scunthorpe sort of were dangerous from a set piece. But there wasn't many chances for either side, I'd, I'd say. I think we probably had a bit more of the play. Um, but... That could be me, like <laughs> just misreading the game side and seeing it through my Swindon goggles. So, um, yeah, w- w- the first forty-five minutes was not like a memorable part of football, but the fact <laughs> that the, the enjoyable thing was that it just in- allowed us to enjoy the carnival atmosphere rather than sort of getting stressed out about Scunthorpe pushing on to open <laughs> scoring. So, nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that at all. Do you think? Um... You know, not that you care, but did the did the injuries to Tyrone O'Neill and Tom Bilson, their goalkeeper, did that disrupt them at any point? I know Bilson went off at half time, but caused a few delays, didn't it? Again, I probably haven't reflected on <laughs> Scunthorpe's part in proceedings as much as I maybe should have done. Um, it, it probably disjointed them a little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it probably broke up their rhythm a little bit, but obviously you have to look at the fact that, you know, they came out of the break, all guns blazing, scored, um, and then, you know, weren't able to sort of see it out. So I, th- I think, you know, it up until half-time, it, it pre- the game worked for them. And it, it was really just sort of, you know, the second half, Swindon reacting well to sort of the change in circumstances once Scumford went ahead that decided it, rather than sort of really, I think, any weakness on their side, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to the second half and just as it starts, enter Clem Morfuni, um to to much pleasure. You know, I'm, this is a positive pod. I like my owners to be in the director's box because one day Swindon are going to lose games. <laughs> and if he stood in there when we're 6-0 down at Scunthorpe, like a few years back, then maybe <laughs> he wouldn't get the, uh, the hugs and the slapheads. But, I mean, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful scenes, though. Yeah, I mean... I- I like to think that, you know, the fact he's sort of in there with the fans, that's what he wants to own the club for, to sort of be able to enjoy those those kind of moments and, and have been part of it behind the scenes and then also enjoy it with, you know, the people that ultimately it's all for. Um, that that That's kind of how I've read it. I mean, yeah, like, you know, so some of the clips of sort of him getting sort of hugged by everyone, <laughs> that's so nice, really. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he 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 deserves it at this point for sort of what's happened in such a short space of time since he came in. And let's hope that it doesn't come to getting thrashed six 0 in the in absolute <laughs> carnage. Because <laughs> for Clemmofuni, for sake, I think we just want want him to just be able to be hugged and and enjoy <laughs> enjoy it for forty six games a season. Oh, and one of the hugs he got, it felt like it was from behalf of the whole of Swindon, you know? it was Yeah, a proper... I think everyone who's seen that knows the one you mean. <laughs> yeah, a proper, proper, you know, just a couple of guys just showing each other how they feel. Nothing wrong with it at all. Okay, well, he enters the away end and it all goes horribly wrong for a couple of minutes because Scunthorpe take the lead. Um, ben Gladwin, shall we start with him? He gets the ball tangled in his legs after Jack Payne tries to get the ball um, forward, Harry Bunn gains possession and moves it quickly to Hallam, whose first touch pass finds Ryan Lofrew on goal. You call him um, pass? Uh, okay, his, his missed touch um, <laughs> is perfect <laughs> and finds its way to Ryan Loft, um, who's unnecessarily felled by Jojo Wallacott. And it's a penalty. Loft picks himself up and converts, and it's 1-0. I watched this. It's one of these ones where I guess I sympathise with the uh, with the referee because I watched it various times over, and in true rose-tinted spectacles mode, I think it's very, very soft. Uh, but Jojo Wallacott probably shows his inexperience a little bit there. Yeah, it's funny because like, watching it in the stadium, I had a completely different view to like when I watched it back when I got home at 2 a.m. <laughs> and then decided to watch the highlights. Um yeah, I mean, so the, the first thing I would point out is that we get kind of caught trying to sort of run out from the back. Payne is fouled, um, but the ref plays advantage because it, the ball kind of pops out to Gladwin, who is then immediately dispossessed. So I would personally argue there was no advantage there if the ball's going to pop out and he's immediately tackled. Yeah. Um, but careless, I think, to give the ball away there. There was no need to sort of immediately look to turn. Like he could have just sort of held the ball, passed it to someone else. But, you know, it happens. Um, you know, the, the ball sort of has worked itself into quite like it's a wider area than I initially saw in the stadium. I mean, I, I, the way it looked from sort of obviously the other end where we were was that he's running in and he's going to score if Wallacott doesn't do something. So, I, in the first instance, I didn't really say there was really anything wrong with that. He had to, had to fell him. Uh, and then you see where, where the player is and he's, he's really like going nowhere. Uh, and there was probably no need to sort of um, commit to that kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's soft. Like, Loft is already going down before Wallacott gives him the opportunity to go over. But I, for me, it's a penalty. I, it, it's kind of like a questionable penalty. It's it's quite soft. But I, I think if that was down the other end, then I would be screaming bloody, oh, bloody yeah. murder. So definitely one. I mean... It's just one, you know, a couple of moments of naivety, um, you know, not not just Wallacott, not just Gladwin, uh, that, that that have led to that. But you know, that, I'm not angry about it anymore. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, nine minutes between goals, but as you said earlier, uh, it's all about the fans just getting behind the players at that point. And Swindon were beginning to press on. A few tackles were going in as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw out the initial shock. I mean. First five minutes of the second half. I mean, not not just until the goal, but you know, a little bit after. Scunthorpe looked good, uh, and we kind of went through that point, um, resettled, and just started creating chance after chance after chance. You know, even if it wasn't a chance in terms of like we take a shot that the goalkeeper is forced to save, or it goes slightly wide and we get a corner or something like that. Yeah. We were getting into positions, 
starting to cause them problems. And it was like absolutely no surprise when Kessler, is it Kessler Hayden? I'm, I'm not sure sort of what we're calling him. On, on his shirt, it's Kessler Hayden. Um, delightfully over two tiers, which I, I love. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was like full of Maisie running in, in the first and second half. And, you know, that was like his game was typified by the penalty that he won, basically. Um, like, but it, it was, I guess, his standout moment. And that run, I mean, it shows exactly why Villa fans were so excited about him and why we were so excited about him joining. Yeah, the, the Kessler Hayden is the surname my daughter's going to ask on the back of her shirt, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's our Kess. That's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with our Kess on this um, podcast. Yeah, so here's an audio clip of the uh, of the pain goal because why not? Football's good, isn't it? That was, it, I mean, you can hear how good it was, right? No <laughs> words needed. It's just pure joy. <laughs> okay, well, it wasn't long before Swindon Town were ahead. 68th minute, Dion Conroy with a trademark crossfield pass, which is cleared only to the feet of Ben Gladwin, who rolled back the years in terms of his Swindon career by lovingly placing, bending his low effort into the corner. Um, in, in, it felt, it looks almost in slow motion when you watch it. Well, look, it was in slow motion in real life. Like, it, he he does it so slowly and it's so telecasted. Everyone in the ground knew where that ball was going and there was nothing that they could do about it. It was brilliant. I mean, I'm glad that you picked out the Conroy long ball forward, that long ball, long pass forward, um, you know, if we speak about him very quick, very quickly, like quietly, I think a very good performance from him, good leadership. We know exactly what he does and he just did that. Um, and it, it wasn't an assist because an assist because it flicked off the defender. And to be fair, Gladwin still had a lot of work to do to kind of pluck it out of the sky on his chest, set himself and score. But what a goal that was. And the fact is, it like I've seen the XG for that chance and it's very low. But that is a Ben Gladwin goal. Like everyone knew what was going on with that. It's like when Scott Twine picks the ball up 35, meters, 35 yards from goal. It's basically just like having a one on one shot from 10 yards, like for any other player. And Gladwin's that kind of similar thing. If, if he's in the half space just outside the area, I feel, I feel dirty for saying half space, but you know what I mean. Like that, <laughs> that kind of edge of the D. Like that's that's as clear a chance as any, anyone is going to get. Um, to score it, it was brilliant and yeah like he was muted I thought um on the on the day um you know there was the the kind of giving away the ball in dangerous areas it happened for the penalty but it happened a couple of times in the first half as well um I think we did well to play to him str- his strengths and having like right up just off Tyree Simpson um because we want him down that end um just let him do, do his thing and sort of if he's going to give away the ball, it's in an area where we can't get hurt. Um, and, you know, if you're going to be muted, then you might as well score a complete screamer of a goal to sort of mark your fourth debut for the club. 
absolutely brilliant. I think everyone enjoyed that. And he was absolutely blowing at the end of the game. So he, he put in a shift quite quietly as well. And I think once he once he gets a bit more match practice in, then we might see him be a little less muted and score a few more screamers. Yeah, they, they made him play to the 85th minute before bringing on Parsons for him. But it was what was very funny on social media is Swindon fans were quite clearly like before he scored was just like, you've got to get this guy off. He's just <laughs> struggling. And, and the glory of Gladwin is he can still do that. Okay, and I mean, Scunthorpe did try and get back into the game and it was almost, it wasn't identical to Gladwin's goal, but Jojo did well to keep one out, which could have easily found its way into the corner. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, like you say, it wasn't quite the same kind of thing as as Gladwin's, but he kind of gets the ball in a similar kind of space and sort of slots it around. It's more of like a. I mean, I know that Gladwin's one arcs in, but like it was kind of more curled. It was going more away from goal and just sort of literally going to go right in the corner. And he just tips around the, the the post like no questions asked. That was a great save. I mean, yeah, I think I think Wallacott was good um, overall. I mean, the, the penalty aside, he made a very good save at the end of the se- first half. Um, to sort of keep us at parity at that point, and he kept us it like ahead at that point as well. So, you know, that, that those are two big saves to make at quite important moments of the game. So, hats off to him. It was yeah, like, it wasn't all our own way, but that, to be fair, I can't think of much else that Scunthorpe did after going two <laughs> one down. So, um, we 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 did well to just kind of control the game after we went ahead and. Uh, I guess for that you have to praise Ben Garner or Ben Garniola as I've, I've now decided oh, he's called. Oh no, don't do that. Yeah, sorry, that was really contrived, wasn't it? Don't don't ruin the, the weekend with <laughs> but, but the players are doing it themselves. Have you seen the, the comments on uh um Tyree Simpson's Instagram post? He's getting the Romelu Lukaku comparisons from like Harry McCurdy and and all that a lot as well. So I mean, it's not just it's not just fans that do it, Rich. Yeah, society is to blame. <laughs> okay, you know when you said everybody in the in the stand knew that Gladwin's goal was going in. I think it was kind of that way in the build up to the third goal. It was one of those counter attacks. Tyree Simpson, wowzers. Um, some of the stuff I saw from him in that second half looked absolutely well, very encouraging. Well, his his shot is is parried. Um, but it falls nicely to Harry McCurdy um, and he scores his first town goal and his first EFL goal since late December 2019 when he was a Carlisle player. So he'll be very happy with that. Oh, and with very little time to go, a perfect day. Yeah, I mean, if, if we can talk about Simpson, because he was one of the standouts for me on the day. Mm. Um it's interesting, is it? Because like throughout preseason, what we've discussed about him is the fact that he is a very tall, very strong man, uh, and obviously he's very quick. So that that's stuff that you can you can see without sort of having to sort of see him do much sort of playing wise. Having now seen him for ninety minutes, like that kind of stuff, obviously it's true. But the most impressive aspect of his game is like his technical ability, his speed of thought, uh, like his decision making, like. He made quite a few sort of good runs uh, throughout the second half. I think first half he's probably a little bit nervous, wasn't quite in the game. Um, but the second half, quite a few good runs. That that one, you know, for the goal is is sort of typical of that. Um, really good sort of first time shot, which obviously on another day may have gone in. It was saved and came out perfectly for for McCurdy to score. Um, and like the 
weight on some of his passes. Again, like he just like seems to like in his stride just managed to like stroke it into places. So like you know the Kessler Hayden run for the penalty was set up by Simpson um, with just sort of like literally just doesn't break stride. Like manages to progress the ball onto Kessler Hayden. Like he's exactly what a modern forward should be. Like we 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 spent a season watching Brett Pittman just walk around. Ah, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I I was worried that like we're not going to have sort of the right striker uh, for this season, and you know he's calmed my nerves about the lack of goals. You know, we, we've got goals in that attacking mid area as we've seen from the three people playing behind Simpson scoring. I think he will also score goals, and. You know that going into the, the the title winning season a couple of years ago, I was worried about a lack of strikers going into that, and then Jerry Yates kind of announced himself at Scunthorpe and with a really good performance. I think you know it's I'm not making the, the direct comparison between the two, but Simpson definitely has shown that he's going to be a useful player for us this season, and potentially potentially things may grow from there. And um, yeah, McCurdy was an absolute nuisance for Scunthorpe against against Scunthorpe. I mean. It's going to be hard to tell like whether he's going to check in or go down the line like whenever he's got it. I feel like the defence aren't going to know. Our, our fellow attackers are not going to know. Um, but that can prove a big asset uh, for him and for us. So, uh, yeah, he, he'll hopefully be way more confident for having had that goal after such a long time than, than before as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, McCurdy strikes me as the sort of person that when we're doing well, he's just going to be a real, real asset. I'll, I'll be interested to see what he's like when when we're struggling, if indeed we are. And am I allowed to say that, I don't know if I am allowed to say, but Tyree Simpson reminds me a little bit of 2014-2015 era J. Emmanuel Thomas in the way he sort of powers forward and just... And I don't think that's a bad thing because I thought he was brilliant around that time and we would all had, but I don't think I am allowed to say that, am I? So it's up to you. I mean, they're your thoughts. Yeah, you said half space, so I'll yeah. I'll compare him I'll compare him to a successful Bristol City League One side. So um we'll move on from that. So there we go. Three one. We're gonna to get to the listener contributions in just a moment, which will include the man of the match. But we've got to make our man of the match. Connor, who are you giving it to? I, oh, I mean, it's so hard because pretty much everyone in that team is a seven or an eight out of ten on the day. Um, like, there's not like a, a pure standout performance, but there's like pretty much everyone. Everyone in an attacking sense probably has has an argument. A couple of sort of the, the the midfield as well. We've not even mentioned Grant yet, who was back to like the form that he was in in League Two last time. He was everywhere, broke up the play so well. It was just like the heartbeat of the team. Um, sort of on the pitch. I've not mentioned Baudry, who, you know, was was solid. I mean, we we, we know what his limitations are, um, but it's not the day to kind of go in, in on him for that. It was, was perfectly fine. Um, I think for me, it's Kessler Hayden. Um, like, he was such a nuisance <laughs> for, for Scunthorpe um, throughout the first half and, and, and during the second as well. Won the penalty. I think that was a crucial point in the game to get it because because we got that goal back quite early, we could then motor and win the game at a canter. If we'd have been doing that later on, it, it might have ended up just still being a draw. So, um, absolutely crucial. I can't wait to see him play again um, for, for us. And uh, yeah, but th- there's genuinely a few. I mean, McCurdy, Simpson, Payne, Grant, all could be really easily in with a shout in my book. It's just a perfect day. So, yeah, as I said before, that was 
Swindon's eighth consecutive opening day win. The last time we didn't win was actually my wedding day. Go figure. Uh, can you can you name can you name those opening day wins? Can I name the opening day wins? Right. So I know that the last one we didn't win was, I believe, a one 0 loss away to Peterborough. My wedding day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, remember it well. Very good. So do uh, I. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've got to just just before anyone sort of raises the fact that I got married on the opening day of the football season because of the World Cup in 2014, they moved the calendar and the damage was already done in, in planning at that point. So that is what happened there. It was also during an Ashes test match. I got a lot of grief from friends and guests that day. Um, still our friends, I might add. So you've got the loss. Now I need yeah. the eight victories. You don't need to know the result. That would be cruel. I was going to say. Uh, so, Stevenage in 2014. Nope. Oh. Got the right letter. I'll give you a clue for that 2014. We played oh, them yesterday. Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe, yeah. <laughs> Stevenage was the, the first home game of the 2013 season, wasn't it? So, that's, that's one game. There my, you go. Just, just obsessed with the 2013-14 season. That's an insane... <laughs> what a great season. Should we just talk through that game by game? Yeah, uh, no, let's not do that. So, it's Scunthorpe 2014-15. Yeah. Bradford 2015-16. Nathan Byrne hat-trick, yep. Coventry 16-17. At Yasser Kassim. Yeah, yeah, nice. Free kick, yeah. Coventry fans saying we're going to go down. Well, they were right, so did they, yeah. though. So. 17-18, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Carlisle away. Oh, listen, this, this guy, yes. 2018, a famous one. Macclesfield. Yes. That was three years ago. Can you believe that? Nuts, isn't it? And then Scunthorpe and then Rochdale. So look at that. uh, Yeah, I've got 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 some knowledge about Swindon Town. It's it's good that I'm (laughs) good that I I can recite that rather than that I can't when I'm put on the spot. I'm going to ask Rich Banyard to give me the uh, the the addresses of people who visited his website. Um, in the last hour, just in case. But what what knowledge? Well done, sir. Yeah, I was going to say, I have been on his site recently, but that was to, to find out if there was anyone before Anthony Grant that wore the number 42. Uh, and there was, it was Will, Will Randall. Um, so, yeah, I was suggesting that we should retire the 42 shirt for Will Randall and see if that <laughs> would allow us to keep Anthony Grant at the club. I, I, I think we'd be in jeopardy of losing if we did. But It's Gladwell! A big thank you to all of those who provided contributions. Uh, I pull out the disclaimer that we were going to be positive, and boy, howdy, did you provide me positivity. We'll start with Tyler, who says, Harry McCurdy was man of the match, but everyone was brilliant. Was a clear plan to keep playing our style, and even when the goal went against us, we didn't change that. Very happy with everyone involved and thought that Simpson and Kessler for their first four league games were exceptional. Ben Sharp says Kane Kessler for man of the match. Incredible performance from him. I think Ben Gladwin is going to do very well for us this season. Really looking forward to seeing how Louis Reed plays in this team as well. Max Springer says such a good day out atmosphere was incredible their heads didn't drop after going one nil down and thoroughly deserved the win after the second half performance Kane Kessler man of the match also great games for McCurdy and Grant we've got our Swindon back Jamie Goodwin says 
outstanding team performance and everyone played great. Debutants all impressed, but McCurdy, man of the match for me, was relentless, showed great trickery and his performance thoroughly deserved that goal. Dean McMackin says, I've seen us play the best teams in the country and visited the top teams when we played in the Premier League. Yesterday was as good, if not better, than that in terms of the occasion. Some superb performances and a huge well done to Ghana for installing a style of play so soon. Payne looks a different player and great to see the guys who stuck around with a smile on their face. Kessler, wow. Special mention to Steve Mildenhall. He deserved that win as much as the fans. Ocus Road says it was a perfect day and the fans creating a fantastic atmosphere boosted by Clem in the thick of it. Now it needs 10k in the county ground to get it rocking. Iandolo was as good as I've seen him with an impressive midfield display. Man of the match for me. Wear red, be proud. Rob Bowden says, what a fantastic achievement considering the situation we had. The togetherness of the club is immense and so proud of the new ownership team. I literally cannot wait for Saturday. What a difference to last year. My seven-year-old is sampling the county ground for the first time next week. Can't wait. Come on, you Reds. Tom Carter says, Kane Kessler, man of the match, going to be big for us this season. McCurdy looks a constant danger. Passed the ball very well from the back and kept really well too. Struggled to get the ball in the box or to Simpson. Wallacott commanding, made some great saves. Does seem to have an error in him. Neil Haywood says, most important thing for me wasn't so much the fitness, but the movement. Lots of consistent space creation. Very impressed by the efforts of the players and management team to create this in a short space of time. Proud to be a Moonraker says the unity between the board, coaches, players and fans is very special. We are Swindon. Jake Cullen says, Iandolo, man of the match for me. I wasn't convinced with him as a midfielder, but his mopping up and breaking of the lines was great. Anthony Grant back to looking like himself. Ben Gladwin looking slightly slow, but still oozed class. Kessler and McCurdy electric. We look good. Dan Hum says, man of the match, pain for me. Ran the show and everything good seemed to come through him. Simpson unplayable in the second half. So bloody strong and quick and a, with a good finish on him. And Wallacott made a couple of vital saves. All in all, every player was easily 8 out of 10. Mark Kirkman says, a quite simply outstanding performance compared to the terrible fare served up under Sheridan. It was like night and day. Richard Harris says, just to be at football again was an incredible feeling. Wasn't perfect, but a very good base to start from. Proud to be a Swindon Town supporter. Nearly cried when the third went in. Jimmy Legg says, it's madness to think where we were three weeks ago to here. Love the togetherness of the fans and the players. Pain dragging the players over after Gladwin's peach was great to see. You Reds. Paul D says, don't want to get carried away by win against a side amply demonstrating why they are widely tipped to struggle. But if we look that good without a full squad after only two weeks, imagine how good this team will be when it really clicks. We are back. Craig Clark says, Kane Kessler or Anthony Grant man of the match, but so many good performances. Great day out. Football hits back. Mark says, sensational. 
Outstanding. Miraculous. The team was incredible. The management and the coaching staff have obviously got their early messages across and the comms are coming out of the club have been exceptional. Let's forget the past and now focus on a bright new era. Well done all. Proud. Steve Armand says, absolutely bowled over by the club at the moment. The whole thing had become like a fairy tale. Please can it continue? I'm loving it. Yet the dark days of losing our club were so real a few weeks ago. The roller coaster had created extreme feelings. Let's keep going. James doesn't read the room. He says, here's some negativity. Sorry. Baudry and Conroy are going to struggle against better sides and more physical forwards than they faced yesterday. On the plus side, Critchlow looks solid and composed at the back. I also have a feeling that Simpson could bag double figures by Christmas. Great to see Grant at his best. Kessler was superb and amazed how fluid we looked after almost no prep with these players. Jamie Townsend says, what impressed me was the togetherness I could see in the celebration. Man of the match, I'd say pain. And finally, Ross Vince says, McCurdy, man of the match for me, was a threat all game. Great character to come back from one down after everything that's happened this summer. So there we have it. A lot of happy people. Um, I, using my uh, tally chart, I have that as Kane Kessler. Uh, Kess has got the, the, the double man of the match award for the opening game of the season. So congratulations to him, but plenty of shout outs to McCurdy and Payne and Iandolo. And there was one for Grant as well. There was a little bit of concern there. James mentioned Conroy and Baudry being potentially shaky against better opposition. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, um, I would. But I, I, I don't think that Conroy and Baudry is going to be the centre-back partnership for most of the season, to be honest. I mean, I think like Odomeo, I my, my opinion with Odomeo is like once he's available, like he plays as close to 46 games as we can possibly get out of him. Um, prob- probably instead of Baudry at this point. I think Baudry will have an important role to play this season, but it probably will be a little bit more in terms of like managing him cleverly to play in the right games and at the right times when we need that experience. Um, you know, th- there's potentially something to be said about having that quite experienced backline. Um, you know, when we've got sort of 18, 19 year olds elsewhere in the team, um, especially when, you know, Kessler Hayden's going to be right next to Odomeo probably if, if Odomeo is in the team. But for me, he is probably in our best two centre backs um, at the club. You know, probably in a few weeks, I would start with Conroy and Odomeo, like injuries, COVID and everything permitting. Um, so. Yeah, although it's it's probably um, a bit of a concern, I think because it's not likely to be the partnership we go with for the rest of the season. I, yeah. I, I'm I've not concerned myself too much with it. Well, lovely stuff. Three, one, happy days. On to the next one. Well, since the last episode, Huddersfield defender Romani Critchlow has joined the uh, the club on loan, while former Reading under twenty one midfielder Ryan East has signed a one year deal and ha- so has. Lewis Lou Reed, who is taking a walk on the wild side by signing for the club. What would the sheer level, the sheer amount of perfect day jokes, Connor? I was surprised not to see much more um, Lou Reed knowledge when it when it comes to his discography and songs that he's written. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't claim to be 
like a, a big knower of Lou Reed things. You put me on a spot there, and I've not come up trumps like I did with the uh, pre, <laughs> the opening games of the season. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how to work in the the song he did with Gorillas, some kind of nature, uh, into like a, a Swindon Town related uh, pun or sort of yeah line. So I'm not going to. You not you not got a favourite Lou Reed song or anything? Mambo number five. Oh man, you're the worst. You're the worst. Um, his best solo song is "I'm So Free" from Transformer, and his best Velvet Underground song is "Oh Sweet Nothing" from Loaded. That's all I'm going to say about it. Why? Are, why are people so excited about Lewis Reed? I think because so he was he was uh, at the winner of League One last season, wasn't he? And played in that, and Doncaster wanted him, and we've somehow managed to get him ahead of a League One club. Mm. That's exciting, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I think he's. Probably, I mean, I don't know much about him, but like from the briefings I knew about him before Friday, seems to be sort of a better standard of midfielder than um, sort of what we've had in the squad up until sort of very recently. So, um, yeah, and the the fact is we went through the whole of last season pretty much with like Anthony Grant and quite an inexperienced young midfielder who was obviously brilliant as our only two choices at centre mid for two <laughs> roles. So we, we've got depth now with like Ryan East as well. Um, we've got quality. Um, it's it's exciting. I, I think on its own, it might not be as exciting as if you take the the whole thing. And uh, yeah, th- those three signings in the day or so before the game. I mean, yeah, it's quite nice to see a little bit of Critchlow and East. Not barely anything of East, but we we saw a good 10, 15 minutes of Critchlow and he looked solid as well. Enjoyed the goal a lot, <laughs> which, is, which is good to see. Um, yeah, I, the, the vibes are really good. And I think... We get probably two more players to the first team of the quality of what we've got now. Literally just like a striker and maybe like another sort of forward utility player. Um, you know, maybe a, another loan or something to sort of bolster the defensive ranks so we're a little bit more flexible there. And we are going to be a very, very fun team to watch this season, I think. I'm, I'm not going to put my head out there that we're going to win the league. Although I may have done that yesterday on the way back from Scumford. It was those two pointers, wasn't it? It's those two pointers, man. But it it's going to be a fun season. I, I didn't think that I was going to be saying this a few weeks ago. Uh, so there we go. I can't wait. And there's no harm in acknowledging that. Nobody, you know, I know there were people that were confident or thought that uh, Morfuni and Angus were sort of bluffing in their their target just to stay in the league three weeks ago nobody could envisage the sort of squad that they are potentially building we could have ended up with a bunch of 35 year old 36 year old duffers and and it gone horribly wrong but you know long may it continue but there's still a long way to go um the vibes are so good so much so that I got told off when I when I mentioned that Lewis Reader got relegated into non-league with Chesterfield after playing 42 games for them. And I was shut down by Terry comprehensively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we, we just need to like look for the victories where we can, ignore any kind of loss. Never. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to claim that the Carabao Cup is non-canon if we don't manage to get through uh, yeah. on Tuesday. That's a lovely segue. Next up is Cambridge United, who um, got a very um, good 1-1 draw against our friends Oxford United. By all counts, Oxford were very good um, that day, so that makes their point even better in that respect. And um, We might see our friends Adam May. We might see, um, I think it's uh, Lloyd-Jones and James Brophy. But, I mean, ultimately, 
the question ahead of this is, you know, it'd be nice to have a cup run, but right now it's not top of our agenda. But in the last episode, I was saying, like, keep that 11, but it sounds like it probably might be a bridge too far for, for a couple of the players to to start. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing is, I, I would like a cup run. Mm. Uh, so I'd like to see us sort of go as strong as we can. I think the, the good thing is that as strong as we can does potentially mean a few rotations if, like, Odomeo is fit enough to play Lou, Lou Reed, Lewis Reed, <laughs> Pete's available to, to play. Um, yeah, I, I, so there may be a few rotations there, um, but we may, because we just sort of didn't have much of a preseason sort of before, it may just be sort of just good to get time on the pitch in a competition that, although it would be nice to progress, doesn't matter as much as the league uh, for us this season, I don't think. Um, get that time on the pitch so they're all familiar because, like I said, for the first 45 minutes, I feel like both us and Scum Foot were kind of feeling out the vibes uh, a little bit. And yeah, it'll be good to get a bit more time of being able to do that so that you know one we, we are ready to go once we're asked the big questions by the big teams because made no doubt about it like Scunthorpe who when we played them on, on Saturday were by no means a great team we're going to play some better teams this month so I think Cambridge will be a really good test because although they're a league one team that there are teams of a similar quality I think in this division so a bit of an acid test going into like maybe Salford in a few weeks potentially uh I, I I'm looking forward to getting on iFollow which I did not think I'd be saying yeah, I mean, I think that's a good place to end it. I mean, we're going to do pr- probably a post-Cambridge pod. Connor, thank you very much. A pleasure as always, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 